You're listening to the World Football Program with all the latest updates from both local and international football. Morning, Perth. Welcome to the Radio Fremantle's The World Football Program. You've got me as your host, Hugh Best, and joining me in the studio today is the world's greatest wingman, Pete Skelia. Good morning, Pete. Oh, morning, Hugh. How are you doing? I am sweating, as you well know. <laughs> I love being behind the chair. <laughs> All these flashing lights and needles going this way and that way, and I've still got to combat the phone coming up. Uh, we're here thanks to our partners, Futsal WA and Greg Farrell. Greg joins us regularly to talk futsal. Register your team in the Super League whenever you can. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron for custom-built fencing and gates. And Gate and Fence Hardware WA for fence and gate components and automation to upgrade your property and to protect it, we thank those sponsors immensely. Without their generous support, you may not be hearing me. Wait a minute. Hey, stop giggling out there. <laughs> yeah. Pete, big week in football. It has been. has been. The semifinals of the State League Cup's been my focus. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I said to you off air, uh, two, both teams who I have a <laughs> vague association with, uh, Coburn and Armadale, into the final and... More importantly, into the uh, the FFA Cup, or which is now called the Australia Cup. So yep. Good to see. Both of them have been there before and hoping for a win this time. Yep, and we've uh, still one more team to um, qualify. I think there's 31 teams at the moment. That's and right. One more yeah. team to go. But we'll get onto that. Our guest today, we have uh, Football West reporter Tommy Dolman, who will join us very, very shortly. We've got A-League women's Perth Glory Captain Natasha Rigby. Have I yep. s- I've got that correct this I time? I reckon you have, yeah. Good work, thank you. She'll be joining us as well. Luke Pavlos, who is the president at Sterling Macedonia, will be able to join us and tell us all things happening in the Sterling Macedonia space. And we will round out our show with the goddamn legend that <laughs> is Graham Normanton. Those out there who know Graham know that uh, once we 
get him on the line, I'll just kick back and uh, the time will fly by as quick as that. Yeah. Uh, so we've had a few things happen uh, recently. Uh, those that uh, follow Leeds United will be very happy to hear that Calvin Phillips has uh, jumped on that money train and has right. signed for Manchester City. And Rafinha is still booking his ticket to Germany via Bayern Munich. So that'll be very, very tough for Leeds United fans to, to take on board. And breaking news, as I heard on the way in, is that Wayne Rooney has uh, resigned from Derby County effective immediately. Mm. He asked to be relieved of his duties, saying that the last 18 months has taken an immense toll on him. Um, Derby are still yet to find a new owner, and if if the worst comes to worst, they'll follow the likes of um, Berry and will be kicked out of the league. So let's hope that doesn't happen for a proud club like Derby County, but the signs of uh, your, your manager pulling the pin just... You know, a few weeks before the season starts, doesn't yep. look good for that particular that particular scenario. Um, the ground was just recently sold, so Pride Park has been sold, and that's always a, a disappointing situation where a club separates from its ground because yeah, exactly. then all of a sudden, you know, that opens up the door for developers to come in and just knock down the club and put apartments on there. In better news. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Happy birthday, Mr. Sage. One of our uh, friends of the show, Tony Sage. He is 21 again. Is that, is that right, Pete? Did we read that? Was 22? Oh, look, I don't know how old he is. <laughs> He's forever young, that man. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I think following football keeps you young. Young at heart. <laughs> it does indeed. Or it ages you prematurely. Whichever <laughs> way. Now I think about it, you know, owning a football club would probably be more likely to age you prematurely yeah, than keep you young. It <laughs> So we, uh, we thank Tony for all that he has done for football in this state, particularly with the Perth glory. Pete, would you like to go through some of the recent transfers that the Perth Glory have um, have tied up? No, have I thrown you on the bus? Well, I, I, I have seen I that the, the women's team has signed Kim women's Carroll, team. re-signed Kim Carroll. Yeah, that's um, good news. So that's good. She, she's uh, to her sixth season with the Glory, yep. uh, 12th overall in the A-League. Um, so it's good to see that they are... You know, I know uh, season before last, obviously in the midst of COVID, everything was a bit of a dog's breakfast. Wasn't it? Um, <laughs> so it's good to see uh, that signings are happening nice and early. Uh, I assume Tash Rigby's also re-signed. Well, I thought... That... Ta- yeah, well, we'll, we'll have to we'll, ask we'll, her. We'll talk we, to Tash. Yeah. I was... I you mean, confused me when you called her Natasha then because I also thought, who's... Nat- oh, right, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I, I thought I'd give her the uh, the correct title. Yeah. I think... Well, we again, we'll ask Tash when she gets uh, on, on air with us. I'm almost certain she has been um, nominated as captain again. Excellent. Yeah. And no better leader for that particular club I can think of at the moment. Might be. Again, we'll have a chat to Tash. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. We will go into um, all these things coming up. We're going to talk uh, uh, the Matildas and uh, some of the European uh, women's friendlies that are coming up with the women's Euros happening. Uh, For our Scottish fans out there, Scotland uh, women are now one game away from finishing second in their group behind Spain to qualify for the World Cup next year, which will be hosted... um, Somewhere. 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 um, In Perth, you beauty. I mean, not just Perth. Yeah, it is just Perth. It is. (laughs) 
Dorian Gardens are going to host 32 games. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> That's got a bit of a wear and tear on the pitch, I think. <laughs> yeah, so they um, beat Ukraine 4-0 uh, overnight, yeah, and they just need to um, do a similar business against the Faroe Islands, and that books them the second place. But, again, that puts them... Uh, that much closer to joining us here in Australia for the World Cup next season. Um, and again, we'll talk to Tash more in depth about that. All right, I'm going to see if I can get Mr. Tommy Dolman on the line. You're with Pete and Hugh on 107.9 Radio Fremantle's The World Football Program. You stay with us. We've got two hours of great football content coming up. You're listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware, components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 9258 6822. Or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au Station sponsor. West Coast Futsal Association was established to develop and promote the game of futsal. With a vibrant new look and re-imaging, we are now Futsal WA. With a dedication to capture the fast growth of the sport to all levels, Futsal WA is... Futsal in Western Australia. Futsal WA provides boundless opportunities to play with grassroots and junior leagues, pathways to academies and elite club competitions and representative futsal that can help you follow a dream of professional futsal in Europe or Asia. With four venues across Perth, as an individual or as a group of mates who want to play, there's a junior, men's, women's or mixed competition that will suit you. Contact us to get involved in futsal, an action-packed sport and the fastest growing sport in Australia. Contact us at Futsal WA on 0432 745 140 via email at info at futsalwa.org.au or via our website www.futsalwa.org.au. The top station on your radio dial, Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. And welcome back to 107.9 FM Radio Fremantle's The World Football Program. Tommy Dolman at the moment is unavailable, so we will continue with our banter. Uh, Sadio Mane said right uh, now is the correct moment to join Bayern Munich. He completed his move on Wednesday for a reported Australian $62 million deal. Wow. Um, the Senegal star has signed a three-year deal and his arrival is seen as a coup for Julian Nagelsmann men and the Bundesliga. And he said, I chose Bayern Munich because although I had other offers, it is the right moment to move on and come here. Mm-hmm. I met the coach Nagelmann and for me it was really important to know the project. I could see myself playing in the team straight away and I didn't think twice. 62 million wouldn't make me think twice either, I wouldn't have thought. <laughs> no, exactly not. And, uh, uh, I mean, unfortunately, the, the Bundesliga is a bit of a one-team league at yeah, the moment yeah, with yeah. Bayern Munich. And uh, yeah, part of the reason that uh, Bayern was so keen to get him is that um, Robert Lewandowski wants to yes, go to I, Barcelona. I saw that. And, like, 
Barcelona haven't got any money. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, how's he going there? Uh, and um, ex-West Bromwich Albion superstar Serge Nabry is stalling over contract talks at, uh, at Bayern as well, so maybe he can come back to the Albion. Maybe. Well, he, he didn't much like it there. Uh, <laughs> uh, we had a manager with white boots on at the moment who didn't want to play him, um, which is great. And there he is, you know, winning the the World Club Championship with another club. White, white, what's, what's, sorry, what's the white boots reference? Tony Pulis, you made me say it. You made me say it. <laughs> Oh, come on, Pete. Couldn't help myself. Oh, you. Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> We're trying to wipe that. Oh, yeah. He and his, um, and his staff, they must own a shoe company because every club he's gone to, if you see Tony Pulis on the sideline, yep. have a look at his feet. Yep. It's his, like, blocky white... Shoes like like Lego shoes, like Lego <laughs> shoes, <laughs> yeah, pretty much like Lego shoes. It is uh, really really funny how like oh, come on. Anyway, we'll see. Um, what else have I got there, mate? Um, pre-sale, yep. Oh, uh, Redmain. So Andrew Redmain. Oh, hang on. Yeah, yeah. go on. Yeah, yeah. So they were saying that uh, they they. People outside of Australia were going, that sort of tactic that Redmayne used in the uh, penalty shootout should be barred. I, I think I saw something that um, <coughs> FIFA has actually already passed the thing saying the goalkeeper must have both boots on the line now at the moment of a kick. Well, see, now, that needs to be ratified by the International yeah, uh, yeah, Football it, Board. It, it, I, it seemed like a little bit of a quick, a knee-jerk response. Yep. Um, so... I did see it in passing, and I don't like, as you say, it needs to go through a proper process before it becomes part of the rules. Yeah, but and and the reasoning behind that uh, they're saying is that it puts doubt in the uh, penalty taker. I'm thinking, which is it, kind of the whole point. Yeah, I would have thought so. <laughs> like, you know, I want you to think which way am I going, so you have to think which way you want to put it, and I get an opportunity to save. But uh, like, I just don't understand why they would be. Well, it's FIFA. It's yeah. FIFA. What, what more can you say? Well, they're probably worried about the look of it, to be honest. But uh, I mean, I can I can remember the although we don't normally speak of it, the the grand final at Optus Oval, and I was at the shed end, so we were looking down the pitch, sort of like the penalties were at the other end. So we're looking down the pitch, almost over the penalty penalty yeah. taker's uh, shoulder, as it were. And while Redmayne was dancing around. He looked like he just filled up the whole goal area. He did. He I did. mean, you know, if you when you walk out onto a pitch and you actually stand in the goals, you think this is a pretty big area to try to cover. And then when you stand at the penalty spot, you think, well, the goalkeeper's going to do a good job blocking this. But certainly from from the view from we had, he just looked like he filled the whole thing up. Yep. So there's a, a guy from the Norwegian School of Sports Scientists, Gia Jordet who wrote a tweet and he's basically said it was a penalty shootout yeah. and you want to make events as, in a penalty shootout, you want to make events as predictable and as safe as possible for your teammates. The way Redmond helped his teammates was spot on. First, by handing them the ball between every shot, giving them a familiar way to start their pre-shot routine and a friendly word of support and encouragement. That yep. beats getting the ball from the opponent or having to go get it yourself. Yep. And the other one I, I found interesting is there's footage... A red main finding the, <laughs> the water bottle. Uh, the water the, bottle. Yep, the ah, it, yep. Over the fence. Yeah, you, so every bit that you can get to, to, to make it work, was it's just sensational. And to be honest, look, we're playing against South American opposition. Yep. I have no doubt that they would not hesitate oh. to use similar things against us. Yeah. And it's good to see for once Australia is actually being a little bit savvy. Yeah. 
and and sort of not off the pitch technically, but if you know what I mean, yeah, no, the off the pitch uh, mind games, yeah. you know, play to our advantage. Well, I mean, when, a couple of years ago when we played Thailand, once the uh, the Thai king had passed away, and they I remember were, that, that one. Yeah, and. The, the the feedback from there was like oh the the they're the falling over and uh, and like it it's a time wasting tactic that the yep. referee needs to be aware of yep. but if you bump a player as we saw with Mr Grasso in the World Cup if you bump a player and he falls down whose fault's that the player falling down or the player bumping the player yeah yeah exactly. and you know Australia at at both men and women and all the levels below need to become that savvy. If, if you're playing, uh, you know, if you're playing international football and there is that, while it's still legal, that that ability to niggle, to, to you know, take time out of, take pressure out of the game, why not Why not utilise those tactics? Oh, no, we, we're fair. We, we don't really go into that sort of tack. Well... You know, yeah, well, nice yeah. guys don't always finish first. Exactly, exactly. When it's, when it's a World Cup berth, and you know, obviously there's a line you want to draw. Oh, I'm not course, saying yeah. we want to play dirty, no, or, no. you know, outright cheat. But yeah, there is a balancing act. I think we can move a, move that line a little bit more in the same direction as the other other teams. Exactly other countries. right. You know, and uh, well, we'll see. We'll see. Tommy has stood us up. So, do you have do some? I have what? Some, uh, Some state results. League, state league. Uh, I have indeed. News and information you can send oh, us. I out. have indeed. So brilliant. Look, we'll, we'll look at the. Uh, we'll, we'll focus on the uh, second division first. We'll work our way up the up the table. Good work. So the results from last weekend in the second division. Uh, Curtin University took the long trek down to Southwest Phoenix and probably quite happy about it because they came away with a four nil win. That's right. And we uh, we did speak with Curtin Uni uh, last time we were we together, did, yeah. and they stayed down there and. Uh, we didn't read about it in the paper, so they must have behaved themselves to an extent. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> uh, Shamrock Rovers had a 3-0 away win over Canning City. Kingsley Westside 3-1 over Swan United. Joondalup City, Wanneroo City played out a one-all draw, as did Belga and Morley Windmills. And Gosnells put Ashfield to the sword Ooh. with a 6-0 victory. Wow. So the table there is not being... Dis- There's the table there. Um, Karamar Shamrock Rovers sitting top spot at the moment. Uh, four points clear, although also with an extra game played over Gosnell City. Okay. Uh, and then Curtin University sitting in third spot on 22 points. Good one. At the, at the foot of the table, um, ninth place and tenth place, Kenning and Ashfield both on nine points. Eleventh is Wanneroo on eight points. And then... In, Bringing up the rear at the moment is Southwest Phoenix, who are on five points. So that that yeah. So you Fe- know, fearful for the for those uh, few clubs there. They've, I mean, they've stepped up. So what what's the deal with relegation? It's a case of the team that wins the amateur league has to actually elect to promote. Otherwise, the team that comes last doesn't relegate. I believe. Like it's not an automatic. It's not automatic between no, Sunday as league. As far as I'm Saturday. aware, uh, but. So it's a bit it, of a get-out-of-jail, maybe, yeah. if you come last in the second division. and then the last the team. time that actually happened. It might have been when, um, I think it was Joondalup United. I, I, well, yeah. wait, that's like maybe, what, 10 years ago? I feel like there was, was a it, team a couple of seasons ago that won the amateur premier East and Perth, chose not North to Perth. go up. It was North Perth. Yeah. Yeah, North Perth, when they won. And, and they're a powerhouse in, in that division, and they've, um, they're quite happy to stay where they are, which is fair enough. Yep. Whereas we've, when we spoke with Emerald, a few weeks ago, that their plan is to, you know, get into the NPL Premier League. Yep. So, well, I mean, 
Look, talk is cheap. Talk it's it's, it's <laughs> easy to say. <laughs> look, we're gonna we want to you know work our <laughs> way out. We've got a big bucks. We've got a ten year plan and we're gonna win the NPR. But realistically, you know, there's a world of difference between yeah. being an amateur side and a Saturday yeah. side. Yep. And yeah, anyone that's involved with the division with the uh, leagues will tell you what a step up it is each time. Yep. Uh, so well, that's what Sean says. Uh, yeah, when we had. Um, uh, him having a chat about his beloved Ashfield, that um, he thought the first division was a was a train wreck. It was just a, a license to to lose money, yep. without getting any significant benefit of of that. Well, as he was calling it, it was calling it like a, a, a an arms race. Yep. You know, if you can buy the best weapons, <laughs> you, you can win. It's yeah. like, well, yeah, but. There's no sheep station at the end of it. So yeah, that's right. If you're spending the money to buy the sheep station, just buy the sheep station. Yep. You know, but we'll see. That that's a, that's an interesting one. And look, I, I'm just looking out the window oh, right now. On, it's yeah. a beautiful sunny day, blue skies. So oh, yeah. that sounds like it's a perfect chance to go down and watch some games. Yeah. Yep. What or watch a game? Uh, and so in the second division coming up this afternoon, Canning City are at home to Kingsley Westside. Joondalup City hosting Caramar Shamrock Rovers. Ashfield at home against Southwest Phoenix. So those of us who like the relegation battles, that's one to keep an eye out Ooh. for. Uh, Belga against Wanneroo City. Morley Windmills away to Curtin University. And Swan United hosting Gosnell City. As far as I know, they're all a 3pm kickoff. Yep, and no COVID um, postponements at the moment that Good. we're aware of. Good. Well, we've got uh, another bit here, Pete. I've got um, Football Australia uh, talking about their vision of working Aussie Aussie football to uh, a better state. Um, Three outlines to get there, one of which uh, actually indicates a domestic transfer system. I I think I saw this was the diagram where it showed. That's the one. And the A-League actually connected to the... Second tier, yeah. So, at the moment, uh, the calendar, according to uh, Football Australia, the calendar is not coordinated. There is a restrictive economic market. There is a disconnected league structure. The glass ceiling is placed on clubs, and clubs are not incentivised to train and develop players. The ironic thing is that this has been the criticism that everyone has been making at Football Australia for the last 20-odd years. So, in a way, it's promising that they've come out and said it, in yep. another way, it's like, well, duh. Yeah, yep, that's right. So that, that little picture has got the A-League separated, slight overlap with the Australia Cup, which then has a slight overlap with the National Premier Leagues. Yep. With a big cross that there's no um, connection between any of those and a big cross to the transfer system. But their future says an aligned domestic match calendar respecting FIFA international windows. Beautiful. Okay. That's that's I what think, we want to hear. I think most of us agree with that one. A reinvigorated economic market, an introduction of a national second tier, yep. a connected league structure with access, club licensing framework, clubs incentivised to train and develop players with a domestic transfer system. The, the one that I found most interesting from that, and this is probably just my area of interest, Go was they seem to show the A-League running on a calendar year. Yep. So forget what we do currently where mm-hmm. we play the A-League over summer and then state leagues That's over right. winter. Yep. Uh, the A-League would also align over the calendar year, you know, starting January, February, so forth. Yep. Um, look, I, I hope it works. I'm. Eh. But, again, how, how is that going to work if... Uh, and there's been rumours that the A-League 
um, flips back to the winter season. Yep. That puts us out of the FIFA international calendar. True. That's why we True. moved to the summer in the first place, was that we could get uh, in line with, cause as most of us know, that <laughs> the international fixtures uh, scheduling is heavily weighted towards South America and Europe. And we can't argue that. That's where the majority of the power is yep. in our game. I mean, FIFA are based in, in Switzerland, in Zurich. You know, yep. So you don't base your, your, your head office, your, your, your headquarters, where the action isn't. That's, that's why you do it there. So the FIFA know where they're going. So if we go uh, to the winter... That puts us out of that FIFA international transfer, uh, international uh, calendar well, again. Honestly, I know that that's the reason that was given for moving the NSL, I think it was back in the days, to, to a summer league. Yep. Um, I think that was almost a retrospective reasoning. Realistically, the reason was to get uh, some clean air away from football and rugby, uh, Australian yeah, rules yeah, football yeah. and rugby. Yep. And, and so, yeah, we'll play over summer. More, more eyes on on screens. Yep. More people able to attend. Um, you know, like it or not, as far as a spectator sport is, football is not the number one game in Australia. No, unfortunately, no. You're right there, Pete. And so I think I think that was a little bit of a uh, what would you call it, like a you know a, a retrospective adjustment to say, oh yeah, that's that's um, why that was done. For the record, I'm just trying to suss out when we when you say. Yep, lining up with the FIFA calendar. Oh, okay, I, yeah. I have the feeling there are a few other leagues that do run on a calendar year, and I was yep. just looking up the J League then, thinking maybe they're one, but no, it does look like they're yep. just coming to the end of and, the and season now. We, so. Yeah, way back when, the vintage that we are, Pete. You know, that was the the argument that the likes of our golden generation of past, you know, the, the more Viduka, Kuehl, that the clubs would say, well, it's not a FIFA international date with you're playing for Australia, so therefore we don't have to let you go. And yeah. if we go back to the winter, we're going to find that that's going to be uh, a situation. Now, we, another one I just had a look with that same article, which is from Optisports, so we give them the, uh, the, the due credit that they do. Total minutes played by under-21 players from January 2021 to March 2022 per league. Yeah. Which one do you think has the lowest percentage of youngsters, and which one do you think has the highest? Lowest percentage? Lowest percentage look, of oh, total, to, total minutes played by under-21 players. Look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just take a complete stab Go here. On. I'm going to say the, the Premier League has the lowest and the A-League has the highest. Wow. You have done... No, no, honestly. Well, is that, am I right? Am I? So close. Oh. It, it is the Premier League. Premier League was 4.4%. Yep. Uh, the J League was five point four. Really? So the J League doesn't mm-hmm. have a great. Uh, Which we we believe that the J League uh, are good at developing youngsters. Yeah. Uh, but the yeah the A League men was eleven percent and only beaten by the Danish Super League, okay. which was sixteen point five percent. Impressive. So, um, that suggests that Australian football is on the way if we're developing these youngsters correctly. Yep. But that also suggests if there is. Uh, domestic transfer and, and a proper transfer system that if a an Ashfield, if a um, you know a Curtin Uni, if a you know Armadale develop and produce a talented youngster, 
there's, they're going to be rewarded for that. And they need to be. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, clubs like, you know, you, you, you see, well, again, I'm going to do it again, Brentford, who, <laughs> who, who just scour the London clubs and, and the academies for that sort of almost ready-to-play player. Yep. Put the finishing touches on them and then flog them off for absolute bucket loads like they did with Ollie Watkins. Yep. And, and, and reap the benefit by, you know, as they did, building a state-of-the-art stadium with money that they stole from other clubs because <laughs> those clubs developed that player. Yeah. Not to the finish article, I'll, I'll grant you that, but, you know, Ollie Watkins didn't get to, to Brentford because he was a, you know, a, a youngster in off the street. He got there because mm. he was surplus to requirements at that particular club. I won't mention the club that he, they stole him from <laughs> because that's probably not right, but you don't need to research too hard to find out where he was developed. And who got the money for him? So if that can be a Perth glory, and, and Tony Sage has had that uh, that comment a few times, that the the reward for effort financially is not there. So if you're not going to get that financial reward, why do you then put the effort in? Mm. And um, Gary Morocchi and Mr Sage himself, happy birthday, Mr Sage, <laughs> um, have both indicated the, the serious doubts of a national second tier to, to be viable. Yeah. So, oh, and I I agree uh, with that too, but I'd still love to. I mean, we, I love to see it because I'd love to. I'd love it to work. Um, one of the other things uh, has has been mentioned at times. Look, realistically, all sports in Australia, off the pitch, shall we say, are the same. Whether it's AFL, rugby league, A League, basketball, cricket, you play your home and away season, and then you have your finals, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, obviously people have their own preferences to the actual sport, but everything else is quite cookie cutter. Yeah. Football <laughs> is unique. We've yeah. got the cup. We've got this this competition. No other sport has this competition featuring a team from everywhere in Australia. Every state and territory in Australia yeah. puts a team in. No one else has. And no one else can do that. You can't have, you know, Darwin, you know, AF, uh, Darwin, you know, Aussie Rules Club playing against the West Coast Eagles because they literally physically get slaughtered. That's right. Um, whereas football is unique at the, in that it gives that opportunity. The other thing football has is promotion relegation Yeah. in other leagues. Yeah, if yeah. we could bring that in here with the second division, again, it would be a completely unique selling point for people who are trying to say, well, we need to get eyes on screens. Well, you know, all these other sports, the second half of the season, half the teams are out of the running and they're just, you know, benching players and yep. tanking and et cetera. Just, you know, they're already planning for the next season. They don't really care how they go this season. We've got this whole thing where there's the battle up the top end. And I'm look, I'll, I'll readily go on record. I like finals. I've got no problem with finals. I know most people like this first-past-the-post thing. I do. I, I reckon finals are exciting. Yeah, yeah. And but that's why you have a cup. And at the other end, we've got the um, we've got people battling to stay in the league for the following year. I, mm. I love it. And it would be a unique selling point that no other sport in Australia does at the top level. Yeah, I'm going through that uh, um, the 31 of the 32 qualified clubs yep. and, and thinking which one of those clubs are going to be second tier. Yep. Now, uh, friend of the show, um, Molly Appleton, her Devonport strikers have qualified for the round of 32. Yep. So you're looking at that and going, would, would Devonport be in that second tier? You'd like to think so. I'd like a, a second tier, uh, sorry, a, a team from Tassie in yep. the second tier. I think that's sort of the window that would be a sweet mm -hmm. spot for a team like that. Yep. Again, but, established, and, you know, for those of us that follow the glory in the NSL, there'd be a lot of names yep. like, you know, your South Melbournes, your your Sydney Olympics, who oh, I imagine would 
I'm having a look. Have South a Melbourne aren't. To... South Melbourne uh, didn't make it through. Didn't make it through. No. no. So um, Bobby Despotovsky's Bonnie Rig White Eagles are in there. Yep. Uh, Adelaide City. You know, one of my favourite clubs, Brisbane yeah. City. Uh, so, as we mentioned, Armadale and Coburn are in there. Modbury Jets. Um, you know, would Modbury Jets be in, in a second tier? I, I doubt don't it. even know where Modbury is. Modbury's in South Australia. So, oh, sorry, it's South a Australia. northeast uh, suburb of, so uh, of Adelaide. Is there, is there two South Australian teams in the Cup? Yeah, yeah. Because they used at, to at the only get just, one into the No, no, cup. so Modbury, Modbury are definitely from South Australia. I'm just okay. having a look to see if there's another one. Because, um, yeah, it used to be one of the points of contention was South Australia oh. only got one team in. Damn it, it's, that's not... That's, that's good news for us, that beef. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, like, you're looking for that. So, Wollongong are in there. Sydney United, yep. uh, 58 uh, yeah, yeah. are there. That's the old uh, Sydney Croatia. That's right, yep. yeah. Green Gully, Heidelberg, Oakley Cannons. You know, th- these are clubs that are that are likely to, to, to feature in that. Broadmeadow Magic, Newcastle Olympic. But, yeah, clubs like Logan Lightning from well, Brisbane. Yeah, there's well, always... Outside of Brisbane, obviously from Logan, but yeah. in, in Queensland... You know, what, are the, what is their likelihood of being uh, in that second tier? Because obviously if they're good enough to get to um, the round of 32. They're producing talent. Well, I mean, with, with the Cup, with, with the um, FFA Cup, it is often you'll get, you know, one or two teams, uh, you'll get some teams that have like one season in there, they'll sort of pop up and, yep. and have a run, even if it, uh, a run involves mm. getting knocked out of the first round of the yeah. proper final 32. Um, whereas other teams are fairly regular. You've got your teams like your uh, Bentley Greens and Hume City. That well, that's right, regulars. have you know, been in there, yeah, you know, four or five Magic times. Yeah, you know, regulars in there. But, you know, there's yeah. a couple of new names in there, which is good. But um, I mean, yeah. for the record, sorry, I've pulled up the stats here. Bentley Greens, Hume City, Heidelberg United yep. all have a better record in the National Cup than Brisbane Raw and Newcastle Jets and Wellington Phoenix. Yeah, by... Yeah. So, you know, and I know there's going to be a qualification yet. No, no, that's just in terms the, the, of the number of wins they've had once yeah. it comes to the final 32. They're ahead of, you know, is, those oh, wow. teams. So. Okay, so. far out. All right. So yeah. ben, Bentley Greens is the top state league uh, team in there with uh, nine wins and four losses. So obviously, a loss, you're out. Yeah, you're yeah, out. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. so they've had nine wins in the cup, whereas Brisbane Raw... You know, Bentley got to the. Did they? They got to the semis one time, didn't they? They possibly yeah, did. In fact, so. Heidelberg, you know, beat the glory one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> it's, it, it's Mr. Sage's birthday. Don't be bringing that up. <laughs> we were denied our opportunity to win that cup by hosting it, and again, as, oh, yeah. as Mr. Sage would uh, tell us, that was the rorting of. Uh, Let's not go there. Let's not go there. All right. That's enough of us uh, having a, a chat amongst ourselves, and I hope you uh, haven't turned off too much. Um, you may have turned us down a bit. But <laughs> coming up next, we've got uh, A-League women's Perth Glory captain, Natasha Rigby, joining us, and she will take us down the path of the women's game. You're with Pete and Hugh on Radio Fremantle's The World Football Program. Please stay with us. Plenty more to come. You're listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware, components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 9258-6822. Or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor.
You're listening to the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle. We are proud to be the longest-running football show on radio in Australia. Join myself, Penny Tannerhoth, Pete Skeller, Sean Kelly and Hugh Best every Saturday morning in the 10am to noon space. You will hear football conversations with a range of guests and gurus. The show lands as a podcast on our website and you can subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thanks for listening in to the World Football Program. Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. And since we're waffling around here, we'll uh, we'll have another go. We'll run through the uh, State League First Division. We, this is one of those good, days good where we've Thanks, got Pete. all the gremlins all over oh. us. <laughs> so uh, while we're going through, so we're running through the First Division now, uh, and last week's results: Joondalup United had a one-nil win over Forestfield United. UWA Nedlands. Uh, lost at home 2-5 against Fremantle City. Mandurah City had a 3-2 win over Olympic Kingsway, a magnificent result um, to knock off, top, well, still top of the table, Olympic Kingsway. Uh, Quinns FC had a 4-2 home loss against Western Knights. Dianella White Eagles had a 2-1 away win over Subiaco. And Rockingham City, 2-1 over Mum FC. And I think we'll cut it short there. Because we've got Tash Rigby on the line. And over to you, Hugh. Good morning, Tash. Okay. Good, good morning, Tash. Wrong button. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, we'll run through the table. Uh, Opie Kingsway still sitting top of the table there on 30 points. Four points clear of Fremantle in second spot, although also with a game in hand. Good morning, Tash. You got her? Uh, I hope so. Good morning, Tash. Hello. Hey. All right. Oh, you cannot believe... I'm, I'm taking the jacket off. I'm sweating that <laughs> one. You cannot believe the hassles I'm having at the moment, which is... Yep, I thought I'd, I thought I'd upgraded to beginner status, but now I'm back to trainee again. <laughs> <laughs> Tash, it's excellent for to join uh, you to join us. How have you been? Yeah, I'm well, thank you. How are you guys? Yeah, well, uh, you know, technical issues aside, I'm going quite well. <laughs> well luckily for me, I've got the world's greatest wingman in the uh, studio with me, with uh, Pete Skelia. Uh, but yeah, we had uh, a few issues with our first guest, Mr. Tom, Tommy Dolman. But um, glad to have you on board, Tash. How are you finding life at the moment? Yeah, life is going well, thank you. Just cruising at the moment. <laughs> so you're playing with Fremantle City still? I am, yes. I've just started back with them. I had a bit of a um, hiatus, as I'd call my MCL, which was no. a bit of pain. So I was out for about um, six to eight weeks. And wow. then I also had COVID. Oh. And I'm back now. <laughs> God. I know. Unbelievable. That, oh, so, fully recovered or, or still going through the rehab process? No, I'm fully recovered now, which is awesome. Um, I actually had my first game back a couple of weeks ago, which was good. Um, I had two games back, then I had COVID, and now I'm out again. But I had uh, got to play against Perth and Redbacks, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So, it's all um, holding up well. You've got lots of taping going on down there on my knee. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, but it's been it's been good. It was a shame to to tear my MCL, but it 
could have been much, much worse, and we were just glad it wasn't ACL in the end. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, okay. Wow. Yeah, no, I did a, a, a PCL, which uh, ruined my... Uh, my plans to play in the Premier League. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, well, that and the lack of talent ruined yeah, my plans to yeah. play in the Premier League. <laughs> but, yeah, that's how, that, the first one. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's how I uh, ended up annoying a, a hell of a lot of people by becoming a referee because, yeah. <laughs> so we were super happy that uh, it wasn't anything more serious. Um, we were talking off-air, Pete, myself, about some of the new um, players that the the Perth Glory women have signed up. Can you introduce a few of those, please? Yeah, no problem. So a lot of the players that have signed on the next season are from last season. So we have, um, which is awesome, because we had a a great team last season and we built on something really exciting. So it's fantastic to have a lot of these players back in. We've got um, two of our internationals, Liz Anton, who is our... Resident Kiwi, she's wow. amazing. Yeah, yeah. She's coming back, and so is Sierra on the international front, which is like absolutely amazing Whoa. for us. Cause she we, is a firecracker. I was going to say she she would have had offers from other other countries. Oh, for sure, mm. for sure. She is just like one of the most um, clinical number nines I've played with. So that's high so praise. That is that. high praise. Mm. I mean, you yeah, played with some superstar number nines. <laughs> she's great. Wow. Um, and then we have a lot of the um, two local girls, Abby Green yep. and Isabella Warhead, are back, which is amazing. Great. Because they've right. recently been in the um, in camp yep. with the young Matildas. That's right, with uh, with Miranda, yeah. With Miranda, yep, exactly. And with um, Hannah Lowry as well, who's yeah. also such a superstar. Um, and then, yeah, we have a couple of girls. We have some uh, Sadie, who's a local girl. She's coming back. And then... Sarah Kane and Demi from Over East uh, have re-signed as well. Brilliant. Yeah. We, and Kim, Kim Carroll. I was, was going to say was, Kim Carroll was here. We, we, we were Kim. I was going, wait a minute. I forgot they just signed. I forgot they announced it, like, I think it was two days ago. Um, but, yeah, she is the absolute queen. The, like, Kim is the most amazing human and player, so we're so lucky to have her back as well. Yep, no. it, when you say you forgot they announced it, does that mean you know in advance and oh. you're just not allowed to say anything? Or? Maybe a bit of inside scoop. <laughs> <laughs> Being pretty close to Kim myself, I have some good inside thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> well, we were discussing uh, a little bit with the uh, Matildas coming up. Have you had a chance to uh, to catch up with the uh, the wonderful Sam Kerr or is she, uh, she avoiding your phone calls like Tommy Dolman does to me? <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually didn't realise Sam was back in Perth until I saw um, until I saw an Instagram post, and I literally was just like last week found out. So, so good to see she's back. I think she got the award of the Keys of the City. Yes, yeah. Keys of the Country. What a queen. Yeah. That is- any award that lady wins is not enough. Um, we've been pumping yeah. up her, the tyres for the Ballon d'Or to go her way, but, um, mm. yeah, Mr Infantino, he's dodging my calls as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's just done... Oh, Sam is just so phenomenal, hey. She's just made such an incredible legacy for herself and continues to do so. Like, it's so awesome to see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, did you catch up with any of the uh, internationals, uh, the, the friendlies that happened uh, just the, the, the other the other night, uh, in particular the England-Netherlands uh, game, the, two of the heavyweights of the women's Euro finals that are coming up uh, next month. I mean, England, 
England beat uh, Netherlands, who are the reigning Euro women's champions, 5-1. Mm. Oh, really? Really, really. Absolutely spanked them. That. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. so uh, Beth Mead scored, um, scored twice. Uh, yeah. Lucy brought my favourite. Lucy, I, I wish Lucy was uh, an Australian. She is everything you want in a fullback. Just yeah. oh, can can bang in a goal from anywhere and, and take out a centre forward just by going, hey, get out of the way. <laughs> but yeah, she she scored. Yeah, there was a bit of uh, controversy. So the Netherlands were awarded a penalty in the uh, 50, oh. 50 second minute. Uh, wasn't quite Andrew Redmayne-ish, but they missed the, <laughs> missed the penalty, hit the, hit the woodwork, and the ball, 53 seconds later, is in the back of the, uh, the Netherlands oh. net <laughs> and uh, basically took the stuffing out of, uh, out of the Dutch. So they were, they were not happy. And they, and, oh, like I said, end up winning 5-1. So we've got um, Spain coming up tonight with the, with the Matildas. Do. Mm. We do. That's really early for us. I think it's like 3 a.m. It is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, and uh, Pete and I were having a chat about um, the uh, squad that Gustafsson's got at the moment. Where, it's a very different squad, isn't it? It, it is yeah. indeed. I'm just trying to bring up where I saw that one. Um, yeah, I, I was saying to Huey, it's, it's as a friendly match. Honestly, during the 90 minutes, cheering the team on and go for it. But... Mm. Like it is a friendly match, it it doesn't count for anything. I'm, you know, like rest resting your players like your Sam Kerr's and your Haley Rasso's, and obviously Ellie Carpenter's out with an yep. injury at the moment. Uh, like I don't have a problem with that because it's only a friendly match. Spain have got the Euros next month, yeah. so they're going to be yeah, in top the form, and they'll be they're going to be tweaking their team, and we're literally almost doing a shall we say a practice run yeah. or a bit of you know. Yeah, so no, so I, I, it, it could be an ugly yeah. scoreline, but. I, honestly, I wouldn't take anything bad out of that. I found yeah. that I found that article. Tash, how would you feel if uh, your team uh, rocks up and Sam Kerr's not playing, Steph Catley's not playing, Caitlin Ford's not playing, Alana Kennedy's not playing, Hayley Razzo's not playing, Kaya Simon's not playing, Mary Fowler's not playing, Avi Lewick's not playing, Alex Chidiak's not playing, Angie Beard's not playing, <laughs> and... Uh, Ellie Carpenter is not playing. I think she'd be happy that she had them on the team in the <laughs> first place. <laughs> yeah, I'd be running around <laughs> celebrating. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's a huge, huge loss. Uh, not all those players are injured. Obviously, the, the, the main one is uh, Ellie with her ACL that she suffered in the Champions League final, but the others are just being rested, which I think is a, is a marvellous thing yeah. uh, for... Yeah for the, uh, the coach to be able to do that, particularly as yeah. people were saying, being that they're friendlies. But we've got a couple of um, uh, players to... Oh, I've got, to, I've got to use Jacinta's name again, don't I? <laughs> we've got a couple of... Uh, oh, I want to watch this. ...players that, uh, that are going to debut. Um, Winona Heatley's one of them. Matilda McNamara. Yeah. yeah. Mackenzie Hawkesbury. Yeah. Taylor Ray. And Jacinta... Go on, go on, Tash, help me out here with this one. Jacinta Gallabella... Dalarich Chichi Chichi. Yeah, no. <laughs> thanks, thanks for the help. Yeah, you've got no <laughs> excuse for not getting the name right, Ash. <laughs> what, what did you just call her, Jacinta? I don't want to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she started off with a gad bit and then just sort of faded away and hope we wouldn't notice. Faded into the. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go on, Huey. Strangle yourself on that one. Good on you, mate. <laughs> no, but like you just said, it's an awesome opportunity for. And there are a lot of A-League women's players' yeah. names that have been put forward. Um, and I know one that you didn't mention there, Princess Abini was in camp Princess, as well. Yep, yep. So it's so good to see. And, like, I have goosebumps now even talking about it. Like, those girls who work so hard coming from the local league and getting rewarded at the very top, like, 
Oh my god, I just get like goosebumps even thinking about it. It's such a dream come true, and it's it's so good for us in terms of the um, A League women to see that that is a progression, to see that is like something that they can pursue, and for like for young girls as well yeah. playing now, yeah, coming through the ranks, they can see okay, well the A League women's competition is a viable stepping stone for me to try and make it to the national league. So it's really yeah. exciting. Yeah, yeah. So um, what did I? What was that stat I came up with, Pete? That there's um, Nine or was it ten? Ten players with less than ten caps in yep. that squad. Yep. But wow. that that being said, Lydia Williams is uh, is three away from a hundred. Yeah, closing in on a hundred matches. So Lydia. Oh Lydia! Oh Queen! Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the, the 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 Spanish. Um, there's a bit of a joke going around that the Spanish have ten. Barcelona players in their squad, and uh, the Matildas are going. Well, basically, it's it, it, it's a uh, club versus country match. Yeah, it's, really a, it's, a, it's a, a world uh, all stars against Barcelona <laughs> exhibition game. It's like, oh my goodness! Oh my gosh, that's so exciting! I'm really excited to see how they go. Yeah, uh, will you be getting up at three a.m. to watch? Well, let's see. Or staying up? I have a game tomorrow, so it's not ideal for my preparation. (laughs) But but I was thinking about just not not going on any form of social media and then watching it in the morning. (laughs) Could I say the knee's playing up? Hey, the knee's got a bit of a twinge. Oh, I'll, I'll have to sit this one out. <laughs> well, you were texting at three o'clock in the morning. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, I see also on the in the women's international friendly still uh, another interesting result from Australia's perspective is J- Japan beat Japan Serbia five nil. Yeah. So good oh, to see wow. the Asian teams uh, doing well as yeah. Now that was I was going to get onto that one that. Um, you know the, the the likelihood that we should be um, in that sort of thought process um, is is very odd. Like so, um, yeah. Oh, the other one, the other highlight that I, I pointed out for you, Pete, was that Germany beat Switzerland seven nil. They did. Oh wow! So there's some really out, you know, just standout results there. With um, who scored for Germans? Oh, Kyra Blue. She she got a hat trick. Yeah. Oh wow! And um, Sydney, Lo- yeah, I always hate this. This is a West Brom score. Uh, <laughs> Sydney Loman scored in ninety plus five. Uh, oh. you, you think like that's that's six nil in yeah. an international friendly? Come on, ref, what are you playing at? <laughs> five minutes of extra time? You, you're joking, aren't you? The game's over at half time. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so they're all sort of uh, leaning into, um, as I say, the, um, the the Euros coming up. Uh, but yeah, there were some results with um, with the World Cup, the Women's World Cup coming up. I did mention at the top of the uh, top of the show that Scotland are now just one game away, which is will be against the Faroe Islands from qualifying for the Women's World Cup here in Australia. They beat Ukraine uh, overnight four nil. Wow, that's exciting! Oh no, isn't it? Yeah, so we get no, the... nice to see Scotland at a World Cup. Oh, yeah. it, it, it's oh. been a while. I think ninety eight for the hit, was the last. You hear that noise, Pete? That's half our listeners turning off. Uh, yeah, good on you, mate. <laughs> haggis thrown at me when I leave. <laughs> <laughs> Tash, when does uh, preseason for the Glory start? Uh, I think it should be starting first week of October. There's still a little while to go now. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you you will get uh, uh, a bit of a break between the the NPL and and the Glory uh, preseason. That's yeah, good. Yeah, I think so. I think they should. A few weeks break. Yeah. Can I throw you under the bus? Do you know whether uh, Wellington are going to be or New Zealand side is going to be in the in the league? Uh, 
Yeah, they're in the league. Yeah. But it's uh, based in New Zealand oh, this yeah. time. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they'll, they'll definitely be in this year. Okay, and I, th- I think I heard even um, Western United were putting a team in as well, so that'll grow yeah, it to so a think, I'm not sure if that's been um, fully... I think it's confirmed. I'm not sure. Like, I know there's, like, speculation around it, but I'm pretty sure they are coming into the league... Um, this season, and yep. yeah, hopefully, I think a few more teams will look to be introduced over the next couple of years as well. True, because uh, there's no Central Coast Mariners as well. Used to have a team, and they folded. And yeah. I believe they had even talked; they were trying to get back in. They, they said they were, you know, able to put the team back in, and for some reason, Football Australia said no. So, what, yeah, what no. was that financial? I, I don't know. Like you'd think, if a team wants to play in the women's league and they say we've got a team and we can compete, hello, the yeah. FFA wouldn't be going. Well, no, but yeah, um, there must be something else in there. Okay, sorry. all right, that's um, that's and then nice. obviously Macarthur as well is is the other one. That's, Macarthur, that's missing, yeah. yeah, I think those those are the three teams that are still looking to come in. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, obviously, if we got all the all those three teams in, you'd you'd actually have a bigger W League than oh sorry, bigger. A League women than A League men because obviously you've got Canberra in the in the women's team yeah, as well. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully look to um, extend the season as well. Oh, you know, like would love that. Couple more games, we <laughs> would love that. <laughs> so we'll go back a little bit further. Did you catch any of the uh, Matildas games against New Zealand, Tash? I watched the second one. Yeah, I did. That, that the three-one result. Yeah. Yeah, that was good, wasn't it? Hey. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good because I, um, Liz Anton had also been called in, and she got some game time as well playing for the fans. So it was great. Yeah, yeah we were able to cheer for both teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cheering louder for one more, more than the other. Cheering for one team and one person. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's that's the one we want to hear, Tash. Exactly right. <laughs> so, Tash, who have you got uh, this week? We have got Balcada tomorrow. Is that home or away? It's away. We actually weirdly played them on Wednesday, just gone, because really? we had a catch-up game against them. Um, yep. But I was out with COVID, so I couldn't play. Yeah. Um, but we've got them again tomorrow, so I'm really excited to get out there. So that would... That was at Balcatter as well, was it? You, what, you played Balcatter at Balcatter twice. I know, double up. <laughs> in the, wow. Did you bother bringing your kit bag home or did you yeah. just leave it in their club rooms? <laughs> a bit smelly, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. That's... Uh, yeah. that's all right. No worries. No, it happens. Yeah. yeah uh, so, you're going to be watching the Euros? Do you have, um, do you have a, a pick for who's going to win that one? Having given you the, the heads up that, that the, uh, the English... Uh, are running red hot? No, I don't know. I don't really have a PK. I'm not, um, honestly, like, I'll be completely transparent. I'm terrible at watching football. Like, <laughs> I do a lot of things in my life, and I just don't find myself on the couch that often. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but, yeah, well, I don't know. Who's your pick? Well, I, yeah, I'm, well... Peter uh, Lynch, if I don't say Germany, but, yeah, I think the Germans, it's likely to be an England-German... Germany final at Wembley. I'd yeah, yeah. love to see that. And then Germany win. 7 0. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm thinking more 2 1 with the last goal scored at 90 plus 5. 90 be, yeah, yeah, just to really get yeah, that salt in there. 
Right, let's go with the German then. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's got me giggling now. <laughs> I see also England's got uh, Northern Ireland in their group as well. So I think we made the comment last time with uh, England and Wales in the men's being in the same group. It's the, it'll be the first, well, for the men's side, I think, the first time that, that you've had two teams from Britain you playing said, each other at the World time. Cup. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's interesting to see in the women's um, that, you know, it'll be England versus Northern Ireland as well. I, I don't know the history that's possible they have had uh, home nations play each other before at the Women's World Cup. I'm not an expert, but... Oh, you'd think it would would have to have happened at the Euros, though, because... Oh, the Euros probably more likely, yeah. 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 Well, that's, you know, that's if Scotland qualify, but... um... Oh, come on, Pete. (laughs) I don't even know why I'm getting stuck in a Scot... Sorry, Hamish, if you're listening. I don't Um, know why... (laughs) World's greatest wingman having a crack at the Scots. (laughs) That's him, not me. <laughs> no, no, it's, uh, you told me to say all this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't say you were going to say it. No. <laughs> Tash, is there anything else you'd like to uh, impart with us before we let you go? We, we know how uh, no, busy, busy you so are. thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. No, no, you, you're a friend of the show and we love having you on. It, there's nothing we, we enjoy more than having a, a, a chat about women's football here on the show. You you know Penny, she's uh, she's as passionate about that, yep. uh, that side of things as... As almost anybody on this planet. <laughs> we um, love Penny. Yeah, well, we all love Penny. All right, Tash, thank you very much for, for letting us interrupt your day. And we'll be in touch, in touch with you very, very shortly to, uh, to do it all again. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Have a good one. Thank you. Thanks, Tash. Thanks, Tash. Bye. Bye-bye. Oh, that's Tash beating me, beat me to the button. That was Natasha Rigby, the captain of the Perth Glory Women's, and how she's going. I didn't know she'd hurt herself. No, I didn't either. Wow, that's... So we may as well run through the women's uh, NPL while we're here. Does that seem like a, a smart well, Where was that when Tash was on the phone? <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we were having plenty of banter as it was. So oh, I figured, yeah, I don't want to line. sit there and start reading out score lines while she's there. Well, she could have told us what happened in the game. She could have, well, oh. well, why didn't you ask me to? Yeah, right? okay. So, well, you got to work on our communication a bit. Yeah, that's true enough. Okay, so anyway, last weekend in the women's NPL, Balcata Etna had a 2-0 win over Curtin University. Uh, Perth Red Star 1-0 over Perth SC, Fremantle City a 3-0 victory over Mum FC and Hyundai NTC Women and Subiaco AFC played out a 2-all draw. Uh, This weekend we've already had one game played which was on Friday night and that was the NTC Women put curtain to the sword 7-0 and then the result and then the rest of the games this weekend Mum FC are at home against Perth Red Star as mentioned, Balcata Etna will be hosting Fremantle City and Subiaco AFC will be at home against Perth SC. So the latter there, um, Perth Red Star just absolutely dominating, running away with it. 11 matches played, 11 <sighs> games won. So uh, Larry must be up to 20 goals by now. She was 15 last time we, we, we were on air. I haven't yep. checked to see what uh, her current... Yeah, no, I haven't. I don't have the individual live, scores. Uh, oh second, second and third, or well, tied in second and third, Perth SC and Fremantle uh, both on 20 points and Balcata uh, fourth on 19 points. So it's pretty close after you get below first place. Uh, down at the foot of the table, Mum FC on 12 points, Subiaco AFC in seventh place on six points and then Curtin University uh, last place with one draw out of their 11 matches. Curtin? Curtain. Wow. Okay. Yeah. They, they were talking about expansion of that uh, that division, weren't they? Well, maybe. I mean, eight teams is a fairly fairly small division, but 
I mean, women. The women's league in in WA has sort of spluttered at times. We've, you know, we've yeah. had smaller teams. I mean, we ideally you'd get up to twelve teams. Oh, because yeah, for, when I was back, Florida had a team. Yeah, yeah. So oh, okay, wow. So we've got some more uh, information. Transfer window for the world is opening. So again, if we, as we were discussing earlier, if we align to the FIFA. Uh, international calendar, yep. that also means we have to align to the FIFA international transfer window. That's going to be a bit of an issue for uh, the A-League clubs, particularly, well, if, if they stay in summertime, that's going to be an issue because then it only allows us the January transfer window. Yep. And if they go to winter, that only allows us the, the mid-season mm. transfer window. Well, I mean, the other issue, I, this has been mentioned before, was if if the A-League was to switch to a a, year, a winter season or a you know a calendar based year. Yep. Sorry, that would be the plus side because as it stands currently, oh, I had had it backwards. As it stands currently, with the A League running over summer and the state leagues running over winter. Yep. Obviously, if you try to introduce any sort of promotion relegation, you've got teams that either have to win the league and then promote and start playing two weeks later yep. in a new season. Or they win promotion and then twiddle their thumbs for a year until they can join the upper league. So yeah. whichever way it's done, the A-League moved to line up with our state leagues or even the state league, dare I suggest it, the state leagues switching over to run over summer, um, which I think is the less likely and less palatable of the options, but it is one of the choices. It, one way or another, they do have to align if you're going to start bringing promotion relegation in. Yep. Uh, what did I... Oh, that's the one I was looking at. Uh Hold on to your hats, Man City fans. Uh, Gabriel Hethuth, <laughs> which is the correct pronunciation, not Jesus. Hethuth is set to leave Man City. He's going to Arsenal. So uh, reported $45 million. And I was listening to a podcast on the way in with the tr- dealings that Manchester City are having, you know, splashing the cash, as mm. we said, with Calvin Phillips and um, um, Harlan coming in. The players they're selling... They're, Literally saying Manchester City will finish this transfer window in profit. <laughs> you know, this is a club that's backed by a country that has money to burn and yep. they're going to make money yeah. while buying the best talent in the world. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, now, the gossip for the transfer windows has Timo Werner, Chelsea's yep. superstar, going to Juventus. Yep. So there must be something going on there because he only just got there. Uh, Sean Kelly, West Ham, uh, close to signing permanently Alphonse Ariola for $10.5 million. That's an absolute steal in today's transfer uh, market. They had him on a season loan, uh, long loan from Paris Saint-Germain. So that's likely to go there. And he'll be the replacement for uh, Fabianski in goal. So that's not so, so bad. Christian Eriksen is deciding whether to join Manchester United or Brentford. <laughs> hmm. Mm. That, that's a conundrum. Yep. Let me have a thing. Manchester <laughs> United or Brentford. Those uh, who were listening earlier on know my thought processes about Brentford. <laughs> so, you know, it, oh, I, I just don't understand that. I really, really do not understand that. Uh, Newcastle have agreed a deal with Lil for Sven Bootman. That's B-O-T-M-A-N. Um... They'd already had three bids for Boatman turned down, but um, being that they're now cashed up with another country, 37 million. When, mm. 
37 million. The last time Man- uh, Newcastle spent that much money, they got hmm, that that um, that Geordie lad, Sheeran. He, <laughs> he went on to do absolutely nothing. 37 million for a guy that, oh, I just don't understand that. And Rafina, as I said earlier, Rafina's looking to go to Barcelona, but Leeds are saying, well, yeah, you can go, give us 65 mil. To which Barcelona went, it's in my other pants. I'm sure I've got it here somewhere. It's in my other pants. Um, but, yeah, if he doesn't go there, the um, the scuttlebutt is uh, he could be off to Bayern Munich. Mm. Well, that's um, that's just crazy talk. But, uh, yeah, oh, okay, we'll go back to Bo- Boatman's an under Dutch under-21. And, uh, yeah, came from the Ajax school of uh, talent. So that's not bad. And, as I said, uh, Wayne Rooney has resigned yeah. from Derby County. So, yeah, not going well in that space. We, let me have a double check, has he got back in touch? We were looking to get uh, Luke Pavlos, the president from Sterling Macedonia, on the line next. I will give that a go. You're with Pete and Hugh on Radio Fremantle's The World Football Program. Technical difficulties, uh, that's my middle name. <laughs> Uh, hopefully we will get Luke on air very, very shortly. You stick with us. Plenty more to come. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822. Or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au Station sponsor. West Coast Futsal Association was established to develop and promote the game of futsal. With a vibrant new look and re-imaging, we are now Futsal WA. With a dedication to capture the fast growth of the sport to all levels, Futsal WA is... Futsal in Western Australia. Futsal WA provides boundless opportunities to play with grassroots and junior leagues, pathways to academies and elite club competitions and representative futsal that can help you follow a dream of professional futsal in Europe or Asia. With four venues across Perth, as an individual or as a group of mates who want to play, there's a junior, men's, women's or mixed competition that will suit you. Contact us to get involved in futsal, an action-packed sport and the fastest growing sport in Australia. Contact us at Futsal WA on 0432 745 140 via email at info at or via our website www.futsalwa.org.au I can't imagine what it was like. In thick boots and hand-me-down jerseys with their hand-sewn crests. Chasing heavy leather balls. Selling from baking stalls. All to play for the green and gold. I wonder, could they ever imagine that? Eleven would be joined by tens of thousands. By millions in stadiums and in front of lounge room screens, capturing the hearts and the minds of a nation, powering tomorrow's dreams, role models, visible and renowned, 
loved and adored in Australian homes and across the shores. As a Matilda, I've been part of something special. From dreams and hope and now to watch the growth. We've sacrificed, but they sacrificed to the extreme extent. Their shoulders broad, holding the aspirations of their generation and the next. And now we will continue on the path set by them, the fans, along with our brothers who we share the coat of arms, and all those who will continue the legacy set before us. You think playing like a girl is easy? Let me show you what it takes. Playing like a girl is a hustle. Don't expect to be paid like Messi or Ronaldo. There's money in the women's game, but not much. Be ready to get an extra job or two. Playing like a girl means you have to be your biggest fan. Because the cameras won't always be focused on you. And if you want to catch their eye or even get a sponsor, people will tell you to use your looks. They may even tell you to listen to Set Bladder and wear tighter shorts to get a bigger audience. Playing like a girl means that when you get to the World Cup, you're armed to the teeth with nothing but resilience. You're not competing on an equal playing field because your field will make you bleed, burn, and bruise even more. And you take it like a girl. Playing like a girl means having thick skin. You'll be told that your game is boring, that you're not as skilled as the guys, and what you achieve won't be cause for celebration. But you have the satisfaction of knowing that a woman has outscored the likes of Neymar, Benzema, Suarez, and Ronaldinho. And when you play like a girl, you never let your guard down. You keep your eyes on the ball. Because though uncertainty rules your world, it doesn't rule you. Yeah, the odds are great. But since when do you back down from a challenge? You are fierce and prepared. You are ready to outrun the naysayers, the haters, and anyone who told you you're weak. Because you've got what it takes. I'm Miranda Templeman, goalkeeper for the Junior Matildas. Join me and local women's football expert Penny Tanahoe as we share our news and journey through the football calendar with the best guests from your local community and all across Australia. You're listening to the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. My husband decided, yes, we've got to get out of India, and we were accepted to Australia, and we came here, and the rest is history, really. At that time, all the Anglo-Indians were leaving. We sent my younger sister to England, and we were going to follow, and we never followed. The doctor said my husband wouldn't make it because of the weather, so then we applied to come here. I think that we made a fantastic choice 
Hey Nan, just want to say how grateful I am you chose Australia as your country from India. So proud to be your granddaughter, so proud to represent my country and hopefully every time I step on the field and wear our last name, I represent my family well. Look at that, isn't that beautiful? Miss you, love you, hope you're well and I'll see you soon. Oh, that's fantastic. Isn't that amazing? Am I the first one to have one in the family? I came here, I just, I used to cry all the time because I'd never ironed anything, I'd never cooked. So I would go, go to the butcher and say, wait for everyone to leave the shop and say, excuse me, could you tell me what that is? Oh, that's so-and-so, so Could you tell me how to cook it, please? And I'd go home and cook it, and nobody could eat it. Out would come the ham and eggs. <laughs> She just loved her sport. She was always kicking a ball, running around. Why not throw in the flip? There's the backflip. I love her cartwheel ones. And the one that was on the opera house, that was just amazing. So how do you feel when you actually see her playing for Australia? Oh, it's, it's, it's hard to describe the feeling. It's so, it's so much pride. It's absolutely amazing. The, places she's traveled to and it's it's such a mixed culture the people she's met and the people that i've met through her games you know oh, i just love to watch her play it's so sad that she's so far away now all the way through for Sarah. Whenever she comes home, she's always here. Or we go out for a coffee or lunch. She never fails to come and see me and take me out. I know she thinks of me all the time, but it was just unbelievable getting that jersey. Thank you so much, darling. I love you. Keep safe. Listen to this muppet. Every week he does this, screaming and shouting at the ref. Ref! Ref! Look at him, the ref. But he gives up his Saturday mornings to do this. Now, was it the right decision? It might have been, it might not have been. Who knows? We all make mistakes. You mug! Would you take this at work? Nah. Okay, thank you. No, you. don't thank me, thank you! Just clear the You're clown area, please. You ain't got a clue! Alright. Clown! You see, Dad's trying to live out his own dreams through his son. Daddy, what's the matter with you? That's a suicide! How's he supposed to learn? Rosie! If he can't make his own mistakes. Referee, you're not watching the game, mate. You're watching me. You ain't going to see nothing here. It's no wonder we're losing so many refs when we're having to part with people like Jet the Biscuit here every week. Come on, Steve. You're running about like a chicken with no egg. Liven it up. And it's no wonder thousands of kids give up the game either. We carry on like this. We won't have a game left. Ref! Ref? Some of us need to take a long, hard look at ourselves. Four seconds. We're on. And welcome back to Radio Fremantle's The World Football Programme. 
uh, as Pete has uh, suggested, I must have kicked a black cat because um, the phone's working. I've got the desk to do the job for a change. He's giggling like a Cheshire cat and <laughs> nobody wants to answer the phone. This, okay. is, this is yeah, why yeah. I like sitting on the side and letting someone yeah. else sit. That, that's your number. No, let it ring. <laughs> oh, I don't think you've um, kicked a black cat. I think you've kicked a black cat while walking under a mirror. Oh, sorry, walking under a ladder and smashing a mirror. Yeah, so many thanks to uh, the wonderful Natasha Rigby for being the only person today to answer the phone. <laughs> Tommy Dolman, if you're out there listening, mate, enjoy your day. Um, you owe me one. <laughs> I thought this was the one that you owed me, but that's okay. And uh, Luke Pavlos, uh, we were going to have on who is the president at Sterling Macedonia to find out all things happening in the Sterling Macedonia space uh, is currently unavailable, which means you've got those lovely uh, ads. And uh, I do like that um, that Ray Winstone, yeah, oi, oi, yeah. you muppet, what's going on? <laughs> Not as good as the Radio Fremantle. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in the world's most awkward uh, segue ever, uh, from um, Sterling Macedonia, that happens to mention the NPL men, so we can we can cover those results right now. Uh, so last week's games, Florida Athena had a 3-2 win over Balcata Etna. Perth Red Star and Bayswater City played a top-of-the-table clash with the winner, you know, securing top spot, and you'd, normally something like that would be quite tight, quite edgy. Uh, instead, it was a... Easy 4-0 win to Perth Red Star. Uh, Inglewood United had a 2-0 away win over Perth Glory. Armidale, uh, continuing their cup form, or maybe in, in indication of their cup form, had a 3-0 home win over Sorrento. And speaking of cup form, their opponents who will be in the cup, Coburn City, had a 1-0 away win over Gwellup Croatia. Uh, and Perth had a 3-0 win over Sterling Macedonia. So... That, no, that brought a wry smile to Hugh's face then to hear that Sterling uh, Macedonia had lost. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying, uh, you know, because obviously they're... As, as funny as it sounds, and, and, you know, you the lovely listeners out there can probably go, no, they don't. There is some research <laughs> and some preparation gone into this show to make sure that, you know, we're not cold-calling anybody and we everyone's happy to be on there because, you know, some clubs have a... Um, a public relations person. Some clubs like the president to, to be yep. the, 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 the spokesperson for the club. Some people like the, the coach. The, yep. the coach. Um, but, yeah, so we, we try to highlight um, who, so we get the number and, uh, and make it all, uh, all flow as smoothly as the show should. You know, we're in our 35th year, so we must be doing something right. Most weeks. Yeah. Um, so uh, on the NPL table, Perth Red Star now sitting top of the table uh, wow. on uh, 27 points. So top in the men's and the women's. Yeah. That's, Obviously doing something right. Well, that merges work to treat, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah that Red Star Belgrade Association. Oh, um, you didn't let her do that. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Athena's second spot, only one point behind, although with one extra game played on uh, 26 points. Bayswater City third on 24, Sterling Macedonia fourth. Uh, Sorrento, Armadale, Inglewood, Perth, Glory, Perth, uh, down the bottom end, Perth on 13 points, Coburn City on 13 points, uh, Gwellup, Croatia on five points, and then currently in last spot, Balcata, Etna on one point. Uh, this afternoon, game's coming up. No. Uh, Florida Athena will be hosting Perth, Glory. Bayswater City will be at home against Coburn City. Uh, Armadale will be playing hosts to Perth. Perth Red Star will be travelling to Inglewood United. Sterling Macedonia are home against Balcata Etna. And last of all, Gwellup Croatia will be playing hosts to Sorrento. That bing, that bing was normal. 
Your beauty. Okay. Thanks, Graham. What I did find, before we go to, to Graham, because obviously there's going to be a, a few ads there, I found an article from um, The Athletic. Yeah. So those that uh, know... Oh, I, know. I love their YouTube channel. Yeah, it's great. So they've come up with what every Premier League club as a five-a-side team would look like. Yeah. All right? So the rules are the ball is not allowed overhead height, slide tackles are forbidden, each team must have a goalkeeper and they cannot come out of the area, yep. outfield players are not allowed in the area, and they can score from anywhere outside the area. Sounds like Loftus uh, yep. rules. Or Greg Farrell's futsal. Yep. Yep. So Arsenal, where's the Arsenal? Arsenal have got uh, the outfield, first outfield name was Bakari Sanko, the Emil Smith-Rowe, Thomas Partley, and Gabriel Martini. Where's the keeper? They haven't got a, oh, the keeper is uh, Aaron Ramsdale. Yeah. Yep. So that's not a bad side. Villa... Don't like Villa. We're not going to talk about <laughs> Villa. Um, so Bournemouth, and uh, good morning to you, Mr. Kimber. Bournemouth would have uh, El Pulpo in goal. They would have Lloyd Kelly, Lewis Cook, Siriki Dembele, and Dominic Solanke. That's a fairly strong side. Mm-hmm. Brentford, don't like Brentford. <laughs> Brighton, well, they're not going to win anything anyway. Chelsea, Chelsea would go for um, Kepper. Kepper is keeper. That's good. Yep. Uh, Reese James, Matteo Kovacic, Mason Mount, and they've gone for Kai Havertz as the striker. That's another strong side. Mm. Palace, uh, Wilfred Sahar, Michael Elise, Elbici Eze, and uh, Mark Gouet. Uh, Everton, Jordan Pickford, yep. pick, picks himself. Yuri Mina, Alex Iwobi, Dominic Calvert Lewis. Uh, and uh, Richarlison. That's a very strong uh, front team. Leeds, this will be interesting. Uh, <laughs> Leeds would have Calvin Phillips. Uh, no, they won't because he's gone to Man City. <laughs> <laughs> and he won't make their five-a-side side. Mm. Uh, Rafina, uh, no, they won't because he's gone to whoever can pay him. His, well, anyway, so we won't do Leeds because that's a, a sad thing for those there. Liverpool, for their five-a-side team, would be Allison, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Tiago, Mo Salah. No, it won't be Mo Salah. He's gone as well. Uh, has he gone? Has Mo Salah gone? I haven't followed. No. Where's he gone to? Well, I thought he was off. Was he oh, not? I'm not saying he has. No, I just... All right, and they've got Luis Diaz. Now, here's the, here's the one. Man City. Edison in goal. Yep. Uh, they've got um, Rodri, Kevin De Bruyne, Erlen Haaland, and where's the, where's the fifth one? Oh, and Bernardo Silva. Hmm. Not bad. Lastly, we'll just go like one more. Actually, what I'll do, do the United team. I'll do the United team. The United team, they've got uh, De Gea, who picks himself, Harry Maguire, Jaden Sancho, and Marcus Rashford. And who would you have as the striker there, Pete? Oh, I don't know. CR7, <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo. Get, just give him the ball and, just and let ball. him do the That's rest. Yeah. You know, De Gea to throw it to Ronaldo, Ronaldo yep. in the back of the net. Done. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, as far as I know, Mo Salah's still at Liverpool. I've not is seen he? anything I, about her. I move. thought, I thought uh, Mr. Clear uh, Jürgen had uh, put the for sale sign out the front and, uh, you know, any old iron, any old iron type of thing. <laughs> okay. Oh, I've been messing around with this. Now I've got to find it. Anything else there, Pete? No, I think we're all good at the moment. Yeah, you are. Good uh, on you. All good, yep. <laughs> right. You stick with us. That was interesting. I mean, should I go? Who's the, who, who haven't I gone? Southampton. I could do Southampton. I'm not doing Wolves. Bugger Wolves.
Southampton. Do you want to do the Southampton side? Nah. Well, I was going to say sort of another little bit of news from Football Australia was that um, the Socceroos match against Peru um, was the top-rated yeah. program of the morning, which is especially good considering it was on at stupid o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it um, was at stupid with, o'clock, uh, wasn't it? 568,000 viewers nationally. That's uh, not bad. 72% of the market share, uh, sorry, 70% of the, the um, viewer share in the under-50s market. Which is which is good. So, yeah, and there was uh, seems like they, they did the old vox pop at, at some of those breakfast shows, and there yep. was a they um, Federation Square in particular yes, in Melbourne was absolutely yeah. heaving. So, well, it's know. good because as we know, Paramount and Channel Ten have got behind football in yep. Australia, got behind yep. the A League. They have been. It's no secret they've been disappointed with the ratings and the performance of the A-League, which yep. has a number of factors, and it's an eight-year contract where we're one year in, so yep. there's time to get it right. And yeah. as we know, COVID has not been um, a big help. Yeah, um, that's true. You know, as, as a diehard, I've obviously still continued to follow it, but even my regular glory co-attendee drinking buddy, even he at one of the games said, I just haven't followed, I don't know what's been going on in the league. I've been barely aware of it. So, yeah. No, and that's, yeah, that's a, like a fellow reasonable yeah. diehard. So. Yeah, there was a couple of times when, um, you know, sitting up in the press... Oh, there he is, big note himself, sitting up in the press, <laughs> up in the press box. Uh, I don't get to go uh, in the press box. Why yeah. are you in the press box? I have to go in the shed. Oh, I'm not complaining. I like going in the oh, shed. Oh, mate. Uh, <laughs> superstar. They're treated like royalty. The Perth Glory do it so well. Um, uh, sitting up there and you think, wow, because you're up at, at the top of the, the that grandstand, so... You're looking across and think, oh, there's not a lot of people here. And, and happy birthday, Mr. Sage. Uh, that's, um, yeah, not down to you. Uh, it's down to, like, as you just highlighted there, Pete, many other factors apart many, from yeah, that. Wednesday night games aren't a help. Went, yeah, um, three Three months away doesn't help. No. Um, so, look, let's just hope, hope – well, I was going to say hopefully this season everything will get back to normal apart from the, you know, minor factor that we can't play at HBF Park. Yeah, now that that ding, yeah, that, that's not the computer this time. That was my brain. They're playing up at uh, Joondalup. Joondalup. Yeah, what was that scuttlebutt that we're going to play at, at Subiaco, the old Subiaco site? I have no idea. That was just Look, scurrilous, wasn't it? Really, you know, putting pressure on somebody. I need to I need to suss out where Joondalup is. Uh, like, uh, sorry, as in where the ground is, and hopefully it's within walking distance of the train station. Yeah, obviously, you know, you know, it's, obviously, it's, it's, Badlands is off off the radar, but there will be such. <laughs> You can kind of see where my priorities are because I'm just thinking, uh, where am I going to be drinking before the game? Now, but. Where can, there is a pub nearby in the uh, in the shopping centre. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, <laughs> I'm it, in the shopping centre. Well, Excellent. You, you could always do my favourite, which is uh, as you're walking across there. There's a um, a bottle shop. So you know, uh, look, I, a, a can I'm, or three on the way there. But would it, not it is be. Distance. You know, encouraging anyone to do any illegal street drinking? No, did I say it? No, I didn't say that. No. I didn't say that. No. No, no. I just said you could stop there, buy something, and it's walking distance to the venue. <laughs> those you, out there. So you're that, you could pour it out the, on the, the way. Those the out venue. there that are yeah. smart enough to connect the dots know what I'm yeah. saying. But yeah, um, it, I can't remember what the actual venue is, but it's the old uh, Joondalup Arena. Okay. Uh, so yeah. that, that, I do remember the glory way back in the NSL days, played a few games mm. at. At Joondalup, somewhere at Joondalup. Yeah, ECU Joondalup used yeah. to play there as well. It was, so. um, yeah, it was a decent venue. Uh, okay. the, the surface was sensational as a referee. Yeah. Uh, the change rooms were, were, were brilliant. And then, obviously, the... I guess it's good as a referee, the nice smooth surface, So, like because mm. you can't see where you're going and your guide dog doesn't trip over the bumps in the ground or anything like that. It's so. going to be interesting for the members because um, 
there won't be, as far as I can remember, there won't be the amount of seats yeah. that the Glory have as members at the moment. Oh, really? Well, it's only basically the one, the one grandstand. Yep. Two. Really, it's a big one and a and a smaller one where there's a there's a um, the licensed bar uh, which is there. But most of it will be uh, standing room. Okay. Uh, those that have well, been, up, yeah. been up there yeah, to, no for, problem with it. for the egg-shaped game uh, will know that there's plenty of standing room, but we'll also put us back under the uh, under the um, the weather gods again. So if it rains, you will be getting wet. Okay. Well, according to Wikipedia, Go for uh, Arena Joondalup That's uh, the one. is 16,000 capacity. Yeah, yeah. So oh, it's, it's a big ground. Yeah, so you will fit. But, you will, let's be but honest, that's standing, you will fit, yeah. so it's not 16,000 seated. Yeah. It's probably maybe, I wouldn't even go as far to say half of that would be would okay. be sitting. Maybe six or less, 6,000 or less as seats. Yep. But that surprises me that it's only, um, what do you say, 16,000, 18,000? 16,000. Because there's, like, that, the banked area, I mean, it, it's a big area. All right, no worries. Mr. Normanton has uh, has kindly uh, uh, got back in touch with us, so we will have Graham Normanton to talk all things in the world of Graham Normanton very, very shortly. You're with Pete and Hugh on Nobody Likes Me, Nobody Talks <laughs> To Me, Radio Fremantle's The World Football Programme. It's just coming to 11.30. Stick with us. We've got Mr. Normanton after the break. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Gate and Fence Hardware WA is your hardware shop online. Find all the parts you need to fix, make and secure your gates and fences. Friendly staff and family offer advice to help your project along or order in your special part. Gate and Fence Hardware WA. Station sponsor. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. And welcome back to Radio Fremantle, the World Football Programme with Pete and Huey. Joining us on the line now is Graham Normington. Graham, good morning. Good morning, Huey. How are you going? I'm not a happy camper, Graham, as I spoke <laughs> off air. Um, you know, I, I don't know what I've done, but uh, I did line up some, some guests at the same process I, I did to, uh, to have you join us today. And... Um, there's a communication issue, obviously. <laughs> obviously, obviously. Yeah. Yep. So. Oh, well. <laughs> yep. Like Carry so. on, regardless. I will. Yeah, yeah, we have been. <laughs> so, Graham, where do we find you uh, these days, mate? You've uh, finished at uh, Forest Field. Yes. You... Yeah. I'm, I'm now uh, coaching my daughter's team at Subiaco. WA Amateur Ladies League uh, First Division. League One, whatever they call it. Yep, yep. And, um, yeah, just uh, enjoying that on a Sunday. Actually, we got a game Sunday morning. Also, yeah, we're just uh, 
just my daughter had a baby a couple of years ago and mm-hmm. said, uh, if uh, if I play, will you coach? Hmm. Said, well, if you play, have I got a choice? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so I'm coaching the girls and, uh, yeah, enjoying enjoying it, seeing the girls improve and, and really, uh, you know, trying to help them improve their football and get more out of the game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember when um, she was playing at uh, Balladura and I'd rock up as a referee and see you on the sideline. I'd go, oh, he's, he's not coaching, is he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you still have that effect on referees, Chris? Yeah, hey, you got me on Saturday and Sunday and those days. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, yeah, there was, there was, there was a couple of those days. Did, did, did you wonder what you'd done? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Same as today. What have I done to deserve this role? <laughs> 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 and, and we go, oh, come on, Graham, you, you're not coaching, are you? No. Uh, but uh, it, it yeah. didn't stop me hearing you, though, did it? No, no, that's it. That's all, that's all the same, mate. Always the same. But, uh, yeah. So you've, have you given up refereeing now, have you? Yeah, mate. They took they took my knee off me. Yeah, so uh, that was, what, oh, 2016. Wow. Yeah, I, I, that's how I took up refereeing in the first place. When I was, um, as I said, when I had my uh, Premier League dreams taken away from me, um, yeah. I did a, a, a PCL uh, when I was um, 19. And, oh, uh, yeah. and one of those days when you, you're going through your rehab and you're the, the manager of a which was my local side, Elizabeth Downs, uh, who are yeah. in the um, state Premier League, well, state amateur Premier League in, uh, yeah. in, in Adelaide. Uh, we were playing down at West Beach. The rain was coming in horizontally yeah. from the, the, the ocean. I'm running the line because obviously everyone else is in their car. <laughs> R- referee came over to me and he goes, mate, you're doing a really good job. You've done this before. I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I told him the story. And he goes, you don't want to know the difference between you and I today? He says, we're both out here. Soaking wet, freezing cold, he said, and he pointed to the badge. He went, I'm getting paid. <laughs> and I went, yep. So I saw the surgeon later on that, that year, and he goes, yeah, we, could, we can do the surgery. He said, but you probably won't play again. Or we, yeah. can, we can see how it, how it goes without the surgery and have a chat yeah. so, you know, a couple of years later. So I took up refereeing, and then everyone's hated me since. <laughs> well, there's more, there's more to... Uh, it's more to get out of the game than just playing yeah. or coaching or refereeing, for that matter. You know, you can go into a you can go into a volunteer basis with the on committees, and you know, you can do all of that, um, which it can be rewarding in itself if you set the club up properly and all of those sorts of things. So, you know, there's, the game has positions for everybody at every level. So, you know, the it frustrates me when I hear of players who leave the game and put nothing back. And um, you know we lose, we lose. Well, first of all, we lose a skill set, but we we also lose the heritage of the game because players, good players, who you know, for instance, who played for Australia and and uh, are not involved in coaching at any level or even mentoring any, at any level. So it's a bit frustrating when you hear players who leave the game and then put nothing back into it because uh, they got a lot out of it. Yeah, you know. And, you know, some of them think the game owes them something because they were good. Yep. You know, it's. Um, I think it should be the other way around. They owe the game something to keep the kids going and keep the keep all the kids playing football and, and show the kids what you know what it's like to, to get fulfilment out of a sport. You know. Yeah. No, I had uh, attended a few conferences. At- 
as you have as well. And uh, I would always say, like, you know, if if you're in these development squads, whether that, um, you know, is the uh, the NTC or, or, you know, through the NPL um, academies, and you don't make the grade, yeah. there, there's so many other pathways that, that you can you can get to uh, particularly and again you, you know my where my hat's going uh refereeing we, we're seeing yeah. uh, the likes of um kat Djukovic who who refereed the uh gold medal game at the tokyo olympics so yeah. uh you know chris beath refereed the yeah. gold medal game at the tokyo olympics as well so if you're not yeah. at that standard as a player you can you can achieve more and maybe a, 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 a high standard uh, uh, well, to, to, to a, play internationally. Good, we've got a, a bigger name than that in our own state, haven't we? And Andy Lenny, who's also refereed at World Cups, hasn't he? So, yes, that's correct. Know, um, yep. And in down through the years, I think a bloke called Barry Harwood. Barry Harwood, yeah, yep. I uh, was refereeing in World Cups and international matches and, you know, travelling through Asia at least to um, refereeing. So, yep. Um, well, you, you, you remember uh, when I was back in South Australia, a bloke, uh, Donald Gamble. He, he was the same as well. Uh, yes, that's right. So yeah. there's, there's many avenues to make uh, to make contribution to the game and, you know, and to get fulfilment out of the yeah. game as well, different, doing different things. And, yeah. um, we need to, we probably need to, you know, advertise that a lot more than we do because I, so. uh, I don't think we do it enough. Um, there's not enough people on committees and, and people say, I say to people, why have you only got eight people on a committee? Oh, well, that's all we can get. Have yep. you asked? Oh, well, no. Well, do you think they're going to just pop out the woodwork? You know, <laughs> I think, um, you know, if, I think we need to let people know what the benefits are of being involved in committees and, you know, and the camaraderie it can, it can create and also the fulfillment and the rewards of it as well. Um, I mean, I used to run a, a little junior soccer club out at a school in Dianella. Um, you know, that had, it had 20 kids in it when I started and 80 kids in it when I finished wow. when I finished five years later. And it was a great pleasure to see every Sunday morning you were out there marking the pitches at 6 o'clock and on a bloody horrible, pissy wet day. <laughs> and, um, but you see, all the, you see all the kids turn up and all enjoy a game of football and all the parents cheer in the morning. It sort of gives you a little bit of... You know, reward because uh, you're providing a platform for those kids to enjoy their chosen sport. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think people sometimes do it for the wrong reasons. You know. Yeah. I don't, I don't you know, but you know, clubs are struggling for numbers, but I don't think clubs do themselves any favours either in terms of how they how they recruit people for those roles. You know, I think they just expect them to go up and say, I'll do that. You know, what they should actually be doing is advertising it. And, and um, and put it out there as a, as a rewarding, you know, pastime if you like. It's almost a hobby, isn't it? Yeah, that's but right. A rewarding, a rewarding thing to do for the betterment of their children and other people's children. Mm. You know, yeah. So there's a lot to be said for football clubs at all levels. Yep. Pete and I were talking uh, earlier on the show about uh, the um, what we hope to be the next. Golden generation coming through for the uh, yeah. for the Socceroos, uh, the A League was second in the world behind the Danish Super League as the league that uh, had the most percentage of under twenty ones playing in their competition. How do you see that development uh, coming 
uh, and 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 do you do you believe there there will become another golden generation, the likes we had with Viduka and Moore and and Kuehl? I don't know, to be honest with you. I'm I'm a bit sceptical because of the standard of the A League, mm-hmm. um, which has dropped and markedly dropped over the last probably five years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm a supporter of the of the A League. I go to Glory and sponsor them and do all of that, but. Um, you know, I go to every game and I watch the games, and it's the standard of the A League has definitely dropped. And I think that's because we've taken out the international players and taken out, made it more difficult to bring them in. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a big believer that it, and I think it's been proven in, in the UK of you know, and probably even in Italy and all of those places that you, you raise the standard of your league by bringing better players into it, then you you then raise the standard of the, your lo- own local grown players because right. they've, got to, they've got to get to a higher level to get a game. Yep. And also they're playing with and against better players, which then extends them, which then increases their development. And I, I, I get really frustrated with the fact that we've brought underage soccer into senior soccer in this okay. country. And I, and I think it's, been, uh, it's actually been a detriment to the development of the players. Okay. Because to develop, you need to be extended. You can't you can't just play in the comfort zone until you're 21, and then jump out of that that underage group, and then all of a sudden hit 15 years worth of player, you know, from 21 to 36, and think that you're just going to jump into that and, and find it easy, or find it, you can even play at that level. So because it's a, it's a totally different level. Yeah. So we, we um, and, and Pete. One of his favourite glory players, Josh Rawlings, uh, headed to Utrecht yep. uh, in, just in this off season. So we we both thought that that was probably a a smart move. You're thinking maybe not another year or two, and then move to to a. Oh no, I I, I definitely think he's got to go. Uh, I think if if you got kids who are capable, they've got to go to a higher level. Right, keep developing. Um, I don't think. You know the kids have got no choice here because the standard of the A League has dropped, and I think I think the kids, if they want to progress and really want to make their way in the game and and get into a higher level of football, then they've got to go. They've got to be extended and pushed. Okay. So I would I wouldn't stop any player from going to the next level. Um, you know, a Josh Rawlings, who's I don't know all these, what is he, eighteen or something? He, um, you know, you've got yeah. to get. You've got to, they've got to be extended and they've got to keep developing, especially in the, the years 16 to 21, you know. And what we've done here, we've we've made the reserves an underage competition in our state league. Why? Yeah. That means yeah. all the kids yeah. play, keep playing with all the kids. They should be playing with and against adults once they get the 16, 17-year-old. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then they will develop. They'll develop quicker and they'll develop better. They'll develop to a higher standard. And, um, you know, it can't all be done by coaching. No. You know, coaches, coaches can do so much. And, yes, there's merit in better coaches make better players. Absolutely, I agree with that. But, you know, better players, playing against better players makes better players. Yeah. So, you know, you've got to keep the development in the coaching side. Then you've got to then be developed on the pitch because you'll learn more in 90 minutes of football than you will in 90 minutes of coaching. Yeah. Yep. So, so it's a. I just think that we stall the development of football in this country by 
taken away, first of all, kids playing against, or kids as they get to adulthood, which is, you know, the sort of 17-year-old age bracket between 17 and, say, 20, mm-hmm. where they should be now being pushed into a team that's got adults in it and playing against men who have played the game. Okay. And then, then they can dip the toe in the water being off the bench for the first team and then they get developed that way. Yep. And it's um, it's important that they play with and against experienced players so they can learn, you know, what the game is all about at senior level. Yeah, now we saw the the Australian under-23s at the recent yeah. Asian Cup make the, the semi-finals, which, you know, you, you think to yourself, that's a major competition. We've made the semis... But we who did we get beat by Uzbekistan? Was it red carded? Oh, I, can't, yeah. I, I remember the red card. Yeah. But anyway, they, they end up finishing fourth. But yeah. again, the, the, Jap- yeah, the Japanese three, three beat us. Japan in yeah, the in the semi. In you the, think the well, that looks normally yeah. um, possibly a final. But uh, do you feel that the move to Asia is a, has been a success or, or or not? Because we were the kings of Oceania, and now, according to some in the uh, the AFC. Uh, we're just, you know, a nuisance rather than a than a powerhouse. I, I don't subscribe well, to that. I, I, yeah, I know. So being king of Oceania is like you know, <laughs> being king of your own house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I you know, was a uh, Saudi Arabia. Got, I mean, you know, you've got you've got no competition in there. I mean, you can't beat a team fourteen nil for instance or something like that. I mean, yeah. I think it was. I think it was even more than that. One one game. Yeah, right. it was solid and balance, I, was it? Thirty thirty one nil or something. Yeah. Yeah, but I think, you know, if we, if we think that's international football, then we've got rocks in our head. Yep, exactly. You know, they, they, we had to go to Asia, and, you know, to be honest, um, when we played Japan, Japan were far superior. Yeah. You know, technically, they were better players. They were faster players. They they knew how to play the game in, in a, a holistic way. Um, they, they knew how to defend. They knew how to, they knew how to attack. You know, their the structure was good. The, their technical ability was good. Their work rate was incredible. You know, their fitness, you know, all those sorts of things. You know, and to be honest with you, I think we've gone, we've got away from Australia, from what Australia used to be about. And Australia used to be, a, the people used to fear playing against yeah, Australian teams. Oh, yeah. yeah, and because of our physical nature mm-hmm. towards the game. Now, what we've done is we've taken out the physical nature of the game and tried to replace it with a technical game that we're not good at. But if you but if you take if you put the, if you increase the technical side of the game and keep the physical side of the game in, in there as well, wouldn't you be more feared? I think and yet so. We've gone to mm. this bland football that the A League plays, where it's you know you go to coaching courses, it's A passes to B, B passes to C, C to D, D to A, E to F. And it goes through this, you pass it there, you pass it there, and and we talk about sixes and eights and tens and threes and fours, and you think, mate, the game is about players seeing, being creative, seeing things, doing things, and encouraging them to be creative footballers. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And I think our creative ability has been taken out of the game by the way that our coaches have been coached. You- um you know, I think we've got to get back to creating like a Harry Kill, a Mark Maduka. We've got to get back to that. Yeah, you it, know, it's interesting that you mentioned Harry Kill. I've, I've got a quote from him. He, uh, when he was playing for the the victory, he says the biggest thing that we do not have in the A League is relegation. Yeah, he says we do not know what it's like to fail because you've always got next year, you've always got a job, you're always safe. Yeah. Now the APL are talking about the second tier of uh, football. Do, 
obviously, I, I would, you know, not trying to put words in your mouth, but I, I would imagine you agree with what Harry has said there. Do you think the second tier of football is the solution that the APL are looking at? Um, I don't know whether it's a solution, but it's a necessity. Yeah. Um, uh, time will tell whether it's a solution or whether we get... I think it will increase the uh, interest in the... What's the word? The excitability, if you like, of the games towards the end of the season when teams are fighting against relegation, as you, as you find in European leagues. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I think I looked in the Spanish league and somebody who was third bottom, I think it was Genoa, beat somebody. I think it might have even been Barcelona. They beat Barcelona in, in the lead up to the end of the season to try. I don't know whether they actually stayed up because I haven't looked at it that closely. But, you know, you look at results like that, and that's only driven because Genoa was about to get relegated if yeah. they didn't win. So, you know, if, they, if there wasn't any relegation, then Barcelona probably would have romped home and the game would have meant nothing to Genoa. So, so it does increase um, the interest and the intensity of the football towards the end of the season, especially in the bottom half of the league. Yeah. Did, um, would you not fear for, for sides like, um, say, Wellington, for example, just picking a, a, a unique situation uh, out of the out of the hat, Wellington, based in New Zealand, get relegated, that would be the end of, of, of Wellington, you would think, wouldn't it? They, they well, wouldn't... Because once who they're out of the league, they, who's going to vote them back in again? Well, it would all, well it's not about voting. Yet, well, if, we, if, voting. We, if we're doing an Australian it's, second tier, mm. that would be... They've been relegated out of the A-League. They wouldn't be relegated to the second tier of Australian football. They wouldn't Why? be able to afford it. I wouldn't have thought. Well... Uh, that has to be worked through then, yeah. Yeah. because uh, yeah. if they're part of the A League and they get relegated, they have to be able to afford it. Yeah, um, you know that's part of it. If you're gonna if you're gonna join in the competition, then you got to play by the competition rules. You just can't opt in and opt out when you feel like it. Well, um, okay, you know, yeah. You know, it's, it's uh, they've got to they've got to they've got to you know if they do get relegated, then they've got to change the structure of the club, change the culture of the club and get get themselves back up. I mean, um, that's the point of it. It's, uh, you know, you, you sort of look at clubs and you think, well, do them good to get relegated because it would make a change. It would give them a kick up the backside. But I think what happens in Australia is that nobody gets a kick up the backside <laughs> because, as you said earlier, they're finished bottom and well, so what? Well, yeah, we did see that uh, with the glory towards no end of the, Yeah, we saw that with the glory yeah. towards the end of the season where um yeah, unfortunately it cost Mr. Garcia's job. But um it was a case of, well, we're gonna finish bottom or or near enough, throw throw the kids on and what what what's you know, there's there's no downside to that, that thought process where as you were saying that if you know you're playing Barcelona, you think, Crikey, we, we, you know, we're playing one of the best clubs in the world, we need to win and then go out and do it. Yeah, and if you watch that game, um, you see the intensity and the effort and the work they put in by the law, the, the law team, you yeah. know, to try and uh, get the result. Is uh, it, it shows you what's needed to win a game of football, and it's not always about your technical ability. Um, and this is what you know. This is what people think is that you can, you know, it's all about your technical ability. Well, yes, it is, but it, it's not all about that. You know, it's all about. You know, the, the 100% commitment, it's about teamwork, it's about players' roles and responsibilities, it's about knowing how to play the game top to bottom, you know, in every moment of the game, where do I need to be, what do I need to do, um, you know, there's all those sorts of things rolled into a game of football, um, and as we've seen, 
know, of course, being English, I know all about the FA Cup. Yeah. You know, it's why, it's why these non-league teams beat the, the first division or the Premier League That's teams right. because of, you know, the work rate and their attitude and their never-say-die attitude to the game. And yet, technically, there would be nowhere near them. Mm. Yeah, so, no, that, that, that's right. The first rounds of that, well, you, you know, Graham, you, you were there uh, playing in them. That those first rounds yeah. of the FA Cup, uh, yeah. most people think the FA Cup starts at round three. Hmm. Well, no, there, there's oh, hundreds and hundreds oh. of games before you even get to to, to the, the oh, first round proper, yeah. let alone there's round three. Rounds. I think there's I think there's five rounds of football before you get the round one for the non-league. Yeah, but um, but you know, you you look at that and you think, well. You know, you've got to put that attitude, effort, application into a game of football as well as your technical ability because uh, technical ability isn't just what it takes because you have to be an athlete of some description who can run 12 to 15 kilometres in a game mm. to cover that mm-hmm. sort of ground. Um, you know, and if you do that and, you know, you've got a, a football brain as well and you carry out your role well, I could get your results, as was proven in, the, in those lesser teams playing the big teams. So, you know, but in terms of the development of A-League, I think the A-League has got to have a second division. I think it's got to have, you know, but I think you've also got to have um, relegation out of the B-League, if you like, as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, you can't just then say, oh, well, we've had no relegation in the A-League. We'll have none in the B-League. Well... You can't. It's, there's got to be a way that there's got to be a pyramid mm. system in place which drives clubs to be better. You know, i.e. Perth Soccer Club or Sterling Lions Soccer Club or Coburn City Soccer Club to be better to get, if they have an ambition to be in the B League and eventually in the A League, then it drives that pyramid system's got to be in place. I, so it drives the quality up. I, I'm imagining that the... the the promotion relegation between the second division and then the relative state leagues would be similar to what we have here in the different promotion oh, from okay. the oh, amateur yeah. leagues up to the state leagues. Like it, it wouldn't be an automatic process like it would between the A League one and A League two. It'd be more of a whatever, however they come up with the criteria for who is the relative state league winner, you know, sort of has the option to promote if they want. Cause as we know, there are some clubs that, you know, they're happy being in the state mm. league. They don't want to um, have the well, added expense. They shouldn't be in the state league then. <laughs> if they don't want to get promoted, they shouldn't be there. Yeah. Um, and this is the problem. You know, this is a problem you've got. We're not, we're not talking about amateur football. Here. Yeah. You know, we're talking about professional football. And we're talking about clubs who have a, an ambition to be professional football clubs. Um, if you don't want to get promoted, don't play. Okay. I mean, it, it's as simple as that. Go, go down into amateur football going play the, on a Sunday in the amateurs. You know, we have to be serious about how we develop the game here. And opting opting to be mediocre isn't isn't where the game needs to go. The hmm. the, the option needs to be you need to drive the, your club and the, and the football game in general to the next level. If we're going to do that, then it's got to be raised at all levels. We've got to say to all clubs, look, this could be Let's say in five years' time, they're going to say, right, each winner of each state league in the, in the country plays off in a competition to be the team that could get promoted into the B-League. Right. I'm calling it the B-League, because yeah, 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 got yeah. the league why not the B-League? Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. I mean, so, so, so each state, then, we have a competition where, say, 
Perth SV players, I don't know, Brisbane City or Queensland Lions or whatever, and then the winner of that plays the, the winner of New South Wales and uh, Victoria and so on. So you go on, so you have a, a winner of that competition yep. would then get promoted into a, into a B League. So if you haven't got that ambition to be there, then it, see what it, all that does, it, it, it then draws the whole country into a pyramid system. Yeah. And it makes everybody play against everybody in the country, eventually, to get to drive the quality up. And then it's up to clubs then to get the quality of their players to a higher standard and the quality of their coaching and the quality of their changing rooms and the quality of their pitch and the quality of their lights and up to the required level to be able to play at that level. So, it, it, to me, you know, I don't think we have enough of that. and I don't think we have... You know, I don't think we've said to our our players that this is a pathway to top level football. Hence the reason that we've seen a decline in the standard. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, of, of well, we've seen a decline in the standard of uh, football at state league level in this state, and we've seen seen a decline in the standard of football at A league level. And I don't think it's a, co- a coincidence that we've stopped international players coming in. We've stopped. You know, the crowds are proof. The crowds around yeah. the country in the mm. league are proof that the standards dropped. It's not. It's not the fact that the, there's no stars there. It's just the standards dropped. Yep. So you know what what the these these people need um, to go to a game of football is a good quality game of football. It's got excitement in it, goals in it, and attacking football in it. Yeah. I mean, I and a meaningful result at the end of it, which could be relegation, promotion. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it matters. I mean, I was talking to somebody at work the other day, and I, we were talking about the glory. I said, "Which two players have the, which three players have the ball the most in Glory's team? The two centre backs and the goalkeeper." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Do, you, do you think do you think that people want to go and watch a game of football where the two centre backs and the goalkeeper have most possession no, in your of course team? Not. No, no, no. You want it to be well, the striker, don't you? You don't want to see it. No. And it's reflect it's reflecting in the crowds. It's reflecting in who goes to watch. The crowds are dropping off because there's no shots at goal. Yep. There's no corner kicks. There's no. There's just no excitement around the opposition uh, penalty area. Yep. So I mean, Glory, Glory's maximum amount of shots was about five. Uh, five shots in ninety minutes. What's it going to yep. get you? Could, could be worse. It could be a West Brom fan that when Pulis was coaching us, we we weren't having any shots at all. Graham, many thanks for joining us on the show today. It's always. Our pleasure to hear your thoughts on our game and some of the improvements that need to be made. Len has rocked up. We've uh, run out of time, unfortunately, but as I say, many thanks for for taking my call. And we look well, forward. Somebody else, somebody else didn't ring. You should have rang me earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will keep that in mind next time, mate. Because yeah, around about eleven o'clock, I'm, I'm, I actually did have that thought. Oh, but never mind. We'll, we'll, All right, mate. No worries. Good You're, on you, Graham. Uh, thanks for calling. No, no, it's, it's my Take pleasure. Care. Have a good weekend. You too, mate. You stay safe. Thanks, Graham. Bye. Thank you very much. Bye. That was Graham Normanton with his, with his opinions on the state of our particular game. I'd like to thank our partners, Futsal WA and Greg Farrell. Uh, Greg f- joins us regularly to talk futsal. You can register your team at the Superliga. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron for your custom-built fencing and gates. Gate and fencing hardware WA for fence and gate components and automation to upgrade and protect your property. Pete, many thanks for being the world's greatest wingman. <laughs> it was one of the more stressful shows we've had for a while. 
And I thank you for your help in making it a little bit smoother. Not a problem at all. You stick with Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. Len is coming up next with Bags Groove. And I'm sure he's got some excellent music lined up for you. Join us next week at the same time, hopefully with not the same problems, and you get yourself out to a game. Stay safe, Perth. See you next time. Join us again next week at the same time for the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM.